So what some experts who have studied this have found is that it's not that people are looking for just more free time, and they're not looking for just work-life balance. What they actually want is the ability to choose how they spend their time and to be in control of their schedule. is the Getting Better Now podcast presented by the Golf Business Network, the show by golf professionals for golf professionals, profiling experts from inside and outside the golf industry to help you advance your career, make a lasting impact, and achieve your goals. Here's your host, PGA professional from St. David's Golf Club, Dean Candle. Welcome to episode 22 of the Getting Better Now podcast. So we took a short break after episode 21, but we're back now. So for most of you that are in the north or in warm weather locations right now, you are in the height of your season, as I am here in the Philadelphia area. Some of you may be down in the southeast in Florida, or maybe out in the southwest, and maybe coming to the end of your busy season If you are, I hope you're enjoying that and you get some time to slow down. But if you're in the heart of it, like many of us are now, you're going to be dealing with this issue that we're going to talk about today, and that's the issue of work-life balance. Now, I've been in many rooms, uh, many roundtable discussions with golf pros where we've talked about this particular topic, but it's never really been addressed with some really practical ways to feel like you have more balance in your life. So today we're going to talk about what is work-life balance? Is it attainable? Should we even be trying to achieve it? And if so, what are some things that we can do to feel like we have some more of that elusive balance in our life? So as we get started, let's first recognize that there are many extremely difficult, challenging, and stressful jobs in America today. There are jobs that produce groundbreaking results that alter how we live. There are jobs that save people's lives. There are jobs that require 12 hours a day every single day of backbreaking physical labor. And there are people that get up and repeat that work day in and day out. So first things first, being a PGA professional isn't any one of those things. We get to promote the game we love and serve the people that love to play it. It could be worse. In the grand scheme of things, no matter where you are in this golf business, you have it pretty good. So perspective is pretty important here. But for many golf professionals, just keeping things in perspective doesn't eliminate the challenges that we face while working in the industry. The repercussions from weekends away from home, the hours when you're in season, and the need to stay connected by email, by text, always on your phone, while away from work, those repercussions are real. When times are toughest, we feel like work is controlling our lives. We feel it's the only thing we have time for, and then sometimes feel like we don't even have enough time for that. While everything else, including our family, our friends, our health, our finances, they sit on the back burner until things, quote-unquote, slow down. It's why most PGA professionals will tell you either directly or indirectly that finding balance in this industry is elusive and, if not, impossible, but it's certainly something that they wish they had. 
So first of all, is it possible to really find true work-life balance? Well, Jay Papazan and Gary Keller wrote a great book that I recommend. It's called The One Thing. They write that a balanced life is a myth. It's a misleading concept most accept as a worthy and attainable goal without ever stopping to truly consider it. So they say in reality there will never be a time when you're truly balanced and spending an equal amount of time in all areas of your life. And in reality, I think we all know that. That it's not about just trying to find eight hours of work, eight hours of sleep, and eight hours at home. Because there are plenty of people in this world that have that, and they're still miserable. So technically, they have as much balance as you could ever have. But yet, it's not making them happy. So what some experts who have studied this have found is that it's not that people are looking for just more free time, and they're not looking for just work-life balance. What they actually want is the ability to choose how they spend their time and to be in control of their schedule. So instead of balance, people are looking for these two things. Number one is space, and two is control. The need for space comes from feeling like your life is disproportionately focused in one area and doesn't leave you the desired opportunity to focus on other important areas. The results are feelings of stress that can lead to discontent, complacency, strained relationships with loved ones, and burnout. When work occupies not only most of your day, but most of your energy and brain power, there's nothing left for your personal life, for your family, or for your friends. And when all that's being piled onto you comes from outside sources, without having any ability to manage the timing, the amount of what's being piled on you, or the content of it, that lack of control can leave you feeling helpless, overwhelmed, and stressed. Many in the golf industry are still holding on to that old school macho mentality that your worth is based on the number of hours you put in. That working less means caring less. I think we've all heard this and we've probably worked with or for people that believe this. And some of us out there still think this is the way. They believe that the path to success is built on volume. While the seasonal nature of our business will always create demands on our time that are heavier in certain times versus others, we know that. But a senseless and unnecessary clinging to, quote-unquote, that's the way it is, just doesn't work anymore. Yes, the best professionals will put in the time, they'll do the work, and do more than most everybody else. But sustaining a high performance level over a long period of time requires a commitment to creating space and gaining control. It's time to focus on ways to create that space and control that we're looking for deep down. Living a life with enough time to devote to what's important to us and being able to dictate when things happen, at least to a degree, can make us not only better golf professionals, but better spouses, parents, and friends. So we're going to look at three ways that we can address feeling like we have more space and more control in our life so we can feel better about our jobs as golf professionals, so we can love the time that we spend at our facilities, but also love the time that we spend away from there. So number one, 
let's realize it's all in your head. What I mean is, how many times have you been busy doing something important when your phone buzzes with a new email and you stop what you're doing to check it? That happens a lot, all the time, right? And how many times have you felt the need to respond right away, even if it keeps you from doing what you were previously trying to do? Also, all the time, right? Now, how many times has that email included something that said, let me know your answer right away because this cannot wait? If you're really being honest, that probably happens very, very rarely. Whether it's an email, a voicemail, someone looking for an answer, anything that someone needs from us, we're wired as golf professionals to respond, to fulfill that request and to provide the service required right away. The quicker the better, literally. That's how we think. Internally, we believe that a faster response means we care more. It means we try harder. To let something sit can make us look lazy or apathetic. That's the last thing that we want. Other times, we want to get back to that person or complete that task right away just to get it off our plate so we can keep things from piling up and we can move on to the next thing. Either way, there's an internal sense of urgency that's weighing on our decisions that keeps us distracted. This isn't exclusive to the golf business by any means, but the service culture that we're in, whether you're answering to members, customers, students, or clients, it's what feeds that constant need to be available. And underneath that constant need to be available lies one thing. It's fear. Fear of looking bad, fear of letting someone down, fear of a lost opportunity. So what do we do? We stay on longer, just to make sure we're not missing anything or to check to see if anyone actually needs us. As a result, we walk around distracted with less and less space in our conscious available for other things, other things that we say are important to us, but we're waiting for the next notification telling us that somebody needs something. So you can never create that space, control, or balance without looking internally first. The way we react to and think about our work will always shape our actions and determine how much space we allow the other areas of our life to occupy. Taking on a mindset that commits to creating space in our lives, it's the first step to living a life with more balance. So the answer isn't to just stop getting back to people and be somebody that lets all their messages go. But what you can do is ask yourself, is answering this now or dealing with this issue more important than what I'm doing now? Know that saying yes to something always means saying no to something else. So saying yes to checking your email while you're playing a game with your kids means you're saying no to your kids. Or texting people about work while you could be talking to your spouse means you're saying no to your spouse. Remember, there are no extra credit points for responding at 10.30 at night, and raises aren't given out for being the best email or text responder. However, your spouse and your kids will notice that you're distracted and detached, and a lack of a mental break will eventually wear you down. Some will be affected quicker than others, but nobody is immune to this. So again, a first step to finding more space and more control in your life is understanding that one, it's all in your head. Step two 
is developing systems and habits and routines that can help simplify things in your life. Now, if you do any research about some of the most successful people that we all know, they all have systems and routines that they rely on to keep their lives straight. They have millions of things going on, extremely busy people, and yet they can enjoy life simply because of their habits, systems, and routines. Now, first, we need to understand that this all starts in the morning. Golf shops open earlier than most businesses. Sometimes we pull into work in the dark, park carts, set up the range, and prepare for the day's tournament, all before most people even consider rolling out of bed. However, there are many leaders, as I said, in other industries, that the morning, and more specifically, a morning routine, plays a critical role in their success. As Richard Branson says, Getting up and at it early gives me time to get on top of things and chart my day effectively. No matter where I am in the world, I try to routinely wake up at around 5 a.m. By rising early, I'm able to do some exercise and spend some time with my family, which puts me in a great mind frame before getting down to business. Now, the morning may be the only opportunity you have all day to dictate exactly what you do. Now, again, you have some space and you have control when you're the only one dictating what you need to do at that time. While everyone else is asleep, this is your time, your schedule, and your priorities. Maybe you want to get some work done, read a book, exercise, work on a hobby, or waste time on the internet. It's completely up to you. And that produces the space, as I said, that you can fill your priorities and can have your control over what you choose to do. In an industry that rises early already, is it possible to have a consistent morning routine? I know you may be thinking that. In my personal experience, it is. Maybe it's just about getting to work 30 minutes before everyone else so you can sit quietly before players arrive and the phone starts ringing. Or maybe it's leaving some extra time to grab a cup of coffee at a coffee shop on your way to work and catching up on what's going on in the world. However you choose to do that. Maybe you're hitting some putts for 15 minutes before your shift starts. Your morning doesn't have to start at 4 a.m. or 5 a.m. But start slow, make a commitment to yourself, and you'll begin to see the benefits of that time. There are plenty of ways to use the morning as a way to kickstart your day and provide space and control. And the best part is, it's completely up to you. But don't forget about the rest of the day. For most of us, especially if you have kids, the first hour or two that you get home from work can be the most chaotic when it comes to managing multiple priorities. You might still have work communication happening because there are some open loops that you didn't close before you left, so the emails, texts, or phone calls keep coming in. Not shockingly, no one in your house seems to care. You've been gone since 6 a.m. and it's time to put your spouse and your parent hat on. No matter who at work still needs to hear from you. But this presents a challenge for everyone involved and will undoubtedly lead to more stress. You're being pulled in multiple directions and feel that you can't fulfill the needs of everyone that's around you. Dr. Ron Friedman is the author of The Best Place to Work, The Art and Science of Creating an Extraordinary Workplace. And he has a unique take on creating an arrive-home routine. This can help put you in the right frame of mind and create the detachment from work that will will allow you to focus on your priorities at home. Dr. Freeman says, 
Many of us have heard about the value of a morning routine, having two or three positive things to start your day off on the right foot. Well, how we spend those first few minutes after entering our home in the evening sets the tone for the entire evening to come. Be intentional about how you invest that time by deliberately plotting the transition between work and home. Create mental distance as part of your arrive home routine. Do something that creates mental distance between you and your work. For example, take a shower, a walk, or change your clothes. Anything that fosters mental or physical separation is useful. Dr. Friedman goes on to say, be specific about what you're not going to do. Make a list. It can include anything from not picking up your phone when a client calls during dinner, avoiding Facebook until the kids are in bed. Committing your intentions to paper makes a difference. He says, try it and you'll see. Give yourself a positive goal to pursue. Instead of obsessing over what you're not going to do, give yourself a goal to focus on in the evening. For example, aim to read 20 pages of a novel, play a full board game with your daughter, or spend time with an interesting hobby. And make work harder to access. Don't just rely on willpower to resist technology, because at the end of the day, our willpower is at its weakest. You can steer clear of technology more easily by placing your phone in a drawer or a different room. Pre-scheduling do not disturb times on your phone so that it doesn't ring during dinner or using a completely separate device in the evenings, one that doesn't even have email, so you can still listen to music or look things up without being distracted. That could really help. But be intentional. It won't happen without effort. Both the morning and the arrive home routines present ways to create systems and habits to intentionally develop more space in your life. They are examples of decisions to take control of a certain time of the day, to put the results in your hands rather than letting others dictate what's going to take place. And that produces the feelings of control. Who doesn't want more of that? And the third step to finding more space and more control in your life is focusing on quality over quantity. Now, if you really think of it, which one are you focusing more on? Remember, just being home doesn't mean you're making yourself available to your spouse or your family. Playing a game with your kids while you're in that text conversation with a coworker isn't doing them any good, as we said before. Quote-unquote, working from home on your day off doesn't provide much benefit to your family as you're not available for them for much of the day. The challenge is being present for the people around you so they have your attention, so they feel as though they're important to you and that their time with you matters. We ask a lot of our spouses as golf professionals. This business is challenging for them season after season. As Andy Stanley says, they carry the rock for our families when we're not there. If we're not present in our time spent with them, the burden of carrying that rock is never lifted and it only gets heavier and heavier. Think of the times you spent on vacation and the number of memories you made in three, five, or seven days. On vacation, we take pictures, then we tell our friends what we did and we talk about it with our family years and years after it happens. On vacation, we create experiences and make memories. We're focused on quality over quantity. 
But then when we get back home and life becomes that never-ending list of tasks and projects, errands, carpools, practices, games, recitals, appointments, and whatever else, it's easy to slip into the monotony of one day after the next. We focus on not having enough time to do anything special or different and blame it all on being too busy. And then when we do have some free time, we feel better just relaxing and take to Facebook or Instagram or Netflix to zone out and forget about the stresses of the day. But quality takes effort sometimes, and it comes from being intentional. When we consciously disconnect, make ourselves available, and commit to being present, the space is there to allow quality time to happen. Kim Getty is the president of Deutsche LA, and she handles it this way. She says, I go back and forth giving 100% of my attention where it's needed most at that particular moment. That means I don't miss a school play or a recital, and when I'm there, I'm not checking emails. Even if it just means completing a project you've been putting off at home or helping out with homework, you're still finding the time to separate from work stuff and carrying that rock for the people that carry it for you. So being intentional about your time means seeking out new experiences, no matter how big or how small. Intuit CEO Brad Smith takes daddy-daughter breakfasts on the weekends with each one of his daughters as a way to create memories they will look back on and cherish in later years. Now, maybe for golf professionals, that wouldn't work on a weekend, but take that off day when you have it and do something special with your kids. This is where quantity comes in. Just like you won't improve your golf game with 30 minutes of quality practice a month, one afternoon every three months isn't going to help the cause either. Committing to as much quantity as you can squeeze out with the most quality is what makes the difference. And while in season that quantity isn't going to be great, we can take that extra step to make sure that the quality is always there. So what have we learned? We've learned that traditional work-life balance isn't actually what we're striving for. We're not actually striving for eight hours of work, eight hours of sleep, and eight hours of recreation. We know as golf professionals, we're in a seasonal business that at times it's going to be much crazier at one time of the year than at other times of the year, and that's just a fact but that it's not necessarily the lack of balance that gets us aggravated and gets us stressed. What happens is that when we don't have the space to make choices to do what we want to do, and we're not in control of what we're doing in our life because outside sources are forcing us to do things that we don't want to do at that time, that's when we feel out of balance. So truly we're striving for space and control. And that the three ways to find more space and control is one, to realize it's all in your head and it starts with your mindset first. And that two, you need to find systems, habits, and routines that promote space and allow control. And three, you need to focus on quality over quantity. And when you do have that free time, make it special Make it something memorable, and you will appreciate it much more. So I hope this has helped all of you. And if you're in the midst of a busy, crazy season right now, 
Think about these three things. See if you can start to implement them in your life and understand that it won't change overnight. But little teeny habits and just getting started can make a huge difference in your life. I wish you all the best. This was the Getting Better Now podcast presented by the Golf Business Network. Head over to iTunes to subscribe so you don't miss an episode and be sure to rate and review while you're there. For more information, go to golfbusinessnetwork.com.